Hey, hand me some of those croquetas. Live from Miami, Florida, thefoodie.com presents WTF, Where's the Food? With your host, Nick. Back again for another episode of WTF, Where's the Food? Welcome to episode number 22. My name is Nick. Thank you guys for listening to WTF, Where's the Food? Of course, you can follow me on social media at the foodie, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E. Facebook, Twitter, and of course, Instagram. Of course, we got an amazing website for you, thefoodie.com. T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E.com. And every week, you're going to find an episode rundown there, including links, photos, everything we talked about in the episode there for you, for your clicking pleasure. And of course, you can subscribe and download, listen to us wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud. And now, of course, we're on Spotify. So if you're on Spotify, make sure you search WTF Words of Food. You'll find us. Follow us there. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review there as well. You don't want to do any of that. You can listen to full episodes of WTF Words of Food right now on thefoodie.com. Now, before we break down and jump into this week's episode, I just want to give a big thank you to Burger Beast for having me as a judge at the Hamburger House Party this past weekend. What an amazing event. Um, Really great standout burgers. I posted some of the pictures. I had to down 19 burgers, try 19 burgers to judge. I posted some of these burgers on Instagram at the foodie. And of course, congrats to the judge's choice which is Junior's Burgers for winning, and of course, Hate Monday's Tavern for winning the People's Choice, and Empanada Harry's for winning the dessert portion, which they call Sugar Pie, at the Hamburger House Party that went down this past weekend. Make sure you check out pictures, and if you missed it, you're like, oh my God, don't worry. Next year, they will be back for year number six, so you got to get your tickets early because it will sell out, but that's next year. So let's jump into this week's episode, episode number 22 of WTF Where's the Food. Going to talk to Chef Eileen Andrades. You know, you might know her from Finca Table and Tap, Amelia's 1931, Isla Canarias, all that good stuff. We're going to talk to her how she got into cooking, everything there is to know about Finca Table and Tap and Amelia, plus what else she has planned. I know, you know, she's taking over the West Kendall suburb down in Miami and just really changing the food scene down there. So I want to know what else she got planned. And her parents run this really great Cuban food restaurant called Isla Canarias, and they have are hands down the best croquetas in town. So I want to try to get the recipe at her so I can make these at home. I don't know how it's going to go, but we'll see if she'll give it to me. Plus, going to give you some food news. Uh, Krispy Kreme has teamed up with Nutella to create a new donut. Going to tell you about that. Plus, if you want to have, have you ever thought about having a three-course meal at McDonald's? Well, now you can, and I'm going to tell you how. And, of course, you know, we had the pumpkin spice, all that stuff. Well, now peach-flavored everything is taking over, and I'll tell you more in the food news. Plus, I'm going to break down Top Chef. You know, we had a winner last Thursday. If you haven't watched, I'll give you the rundown, plus the food porn of the week this week from MM Take Miami, and, of course, the cocktail of the week brought to you by our friends over at Spirited Miami. And, of course, like I said last week, we were nominated for a Zest Award, and we could not be happier and more prouder. And thank you guys again for nominating us, but now you need to vote for us. So just go to thefoodie.com slash vote and vote for the foodie in question number two. There's two questions, only two questions you have to vote. Question number two, Reader's Choice Influencer, make sure you vote the foodie, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E. I would truly appreciate it, thefoodie.com slash vote. So what do you guys say? Let's kick off the episode. Let's jump into my conversation with Eileen from Finca Table and Tap in Amelia's 1931. 
And in studio with me, someone really amazing. I've known her for a while. Eileen from Finca Table and Tap. And of course, the newly opened Amelia's 1931. Yes. I got it right. <laughs> so we're going to talk about your restaurants and kind of like all your achievements. And, you know, you're such a young age, all your achievements. But before, I want to kind of get to know the backstory. So you've been cooking pretty much all your life, right? Well, I started actually studying in fashion, and I realized that was not the life for me. So at about 18, I started working in the kitchen. Um, I had a mentor who was Peruvian, and he kind of walked me through the techniques of cooking. And then I went into hard into Chinese and Peruvian cuisine and then Cuban cuisine. It's in my blood. Can't escape that. So, yeah, I started about at 18. So it's been about 11 years. So you wanted to do fashion before? Yeah. I was um, a stylist for a bit. Okay. And then I realized the Miami fashion scene is just <laughs> annoying. So I said goodbye to that, and I said, let me see this family business thing and, and try to um, dabble into it, and I ended up loving it. So did you go to culinary school? I did not go to culinary school. I uh, I like to say my food truck that I opened up when I was 22. Was your school? That was my school. Because, I mean, food trucks are just a crazy business. Yeah. I mean, I went in right when it was booming, mm-hmm. and so – it's crazy how much you have to learn how to deal with what you got, which is like one fryer, one tiny flat top, and come up with 12 dishes and dish them out quick because people don't want to stand there forever. So you learn a lot about speed and and working with, with what you got. So for those that don't know, your parents have the best croquetas in Miami for 30-plus years, and they still do, Thank um, you. I would say. So <laughs> So you did you get involved at Islas Canarias at all? Yeah, so um, Islas Canarias, uh, that was in 1977. Um, my grandfather started that. My parents continued it, and my uncle as well. And I came in maybe, I was like, yeah, when I was 18. I started 18. working at the bakery, which is the one that's on 137th Avenue and, and Bird Road. And I kind of elevated the food there a little bit. It was kind of bland and, <laughs> and traditional Cuban, not that I... I'm looking down upon that. Because but you I can't change it sometimes. Right. Some people get angry. Right. But it was like, okay, this is the newer spot. I want people my age to kind of like come in here and kind of do a twist, keeping the classics, but doing some new innovative stuff. Mm-hmm. So I helped them with that. I started managing there. And I mean, that was my, my little school. You know, I started doing bocaditos and empanadas and stuff like that. And then cakes. And then I went up to saute and then fry. And then I became a manager. And then I went back into the kitchen so I literally learned from the bottom to the top and then back to the middle, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and at that moment, did you know, like, hey, you know, I love this thing. I kind of want to open my own spot. Uh, well, after that, I opened the food truck, mm-hmm. which was kind of like a baby step. Um, it was a lot of work. I probably say I worked more hours having the food <laughs> truck because you wake up early. You know, you stock mm-hmm. the food truck. You, you go out there and you find wherever you're going to park. You know, you wait for the people. Or you wait or, to or not they see don't people. Show up, exactly. <laughs> and then you go back and it's unload the truck and clean the truck. And, you know, and over, in, in order to do it to make money, you cannot have employees. So you got to do everything yourself. Mm-hmm. So I definitely say that was uh, extremely difficult, but I learned a lot. And I don't even know where we were in the conversation. I lost myself. <laughs> what was your question? That's, I don't even know. Yeah, so I d- d- when I... you told your parents that you wanted to open right. a food truck or maybe start with a food truck, then leading to a restaurant, did they think you were crazy? No, my parents loved the idea. Um, they thought the food truck idea was crazy. Like, That's what I meant, the food right, truck. The because... food truck idea because they're like, this is a fad, whatever. But they're like, let's 
let's try to do it because there are a bunch of big dogs doing it and it, it's only going to give you exposure when that truck is riding down you know the expressway or down us1 where all these people are seeing your name so it was a form of marketing is how, how we saw it even mm -hmm. if it wasn't successful but it was pretty successful we did a lot of catering gigs that's where we made our money a lot of sh weddings baby showers and things like that and then i retired the food truck when we found the spot to open finca now, when you found the spot to open Finca, you opened it in West Kendall, where it's not like your typical spot to open a restaurant like Finca in such a suburb like West Kendall. Before opening, were you ever scared that this might just not work? At first, I really, really believed in my brand and the concept and the menu and all that. But once we got closer to opening is when I literally shit my pants. <laughs> I was like, and we decided like mid-construction to make the restaurant twice the size. Okay. Because in Miami, liquor licenses are extremely expensive. And in order to get away with not buying a liquor license, you make your restaurant a certain amount of seats and then you apply for one. Okay. So it was cheaper to make the restaurant larger than to buy a liquor license. So once I saw how ginormous that restaurant was, I just looked at my mom and I'm like, okay, so this might be a bad time, but I don't know if I can fill this restaurant <laughs> up. So we took the risk, and thank God, you know, we've been able to to be busy, and it's been four years. Yeah, because, I mean, years. you're sticking this amazing restaurant that could be easily in Wynwood and crush it in the middle of West Kendall in the Burbs um, with all chain restaurants, but you come in and you just crush it. I live five blocks from there. <laughs> I... No, there's nothing around there. I wanted to do something for the people like me that grew up in the area that are kind of tired on a Tuesday night to drive all the way to Wynwood to get a good meal or at least to get, you know, because you can get good meals in West Kendall, but you, you can't can, get something trendy and like. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like you stick this great restaurant in an area where we're used to train restaurants. So for someone who's never experienced Finca, how would you describe the restaurant to them? How would you explain the menu to them? The menu, well, it's a, a fusion of Latin, Asian, um, spe specifically Cuban, Peruvian, and Korean, but sometimes we throw in some Vietnamese in there. So I like to just say Latin, Asian fusion at this point. Um, it's like eating at your grandma's house that invited some Asian people over, and then they kind of interjected in the kitchen and fucked shit up. <laughs> so um, you can get your Cuban fix. But you can also get something different, like our Cuban bibimbap or our Cuban fried rice, which have a little bit of an Asian influence to it. As far as the actual vibe at Finca, I don't know. It's Now that I've opened Amelia's 1931 that's so chill, I just see Finca as something crazy. Like, I mean, it's always packed. I yeah, mean. it's always packed. I mean, the bar's awesome, so we're doing everything from scratch at the, bars, uh, at the bar. All our cocktails have between four to seven ingredients, so... There's always something fun and interactive happening at the bar. The restaurant's large, so it's just a ton of people. It's noisy. It's fun. The food's good. It's a casual atmosphere, but also a fun atmosphere. The playlist is ranging from 90s hip-hop to you create the Gloria Stefan. Yeah. I, that's, that was like <laughs> my baby in the beginning, and it has around 800 songs right now. Okay. And whenever I hear something, you know, I go ahead and add it. And... Um, yeah, the music plays a huge, huge part for me. Do you have a favorite dish at Finca? My favorite dish? Could be not on the menu anymore. It could be on the menu. Yeah, I mean, I want to say the Korean fried chicken is probably my favorite. It's not something I always eat when I go, so don't judge me if you see me not eating <laughs> a Korean fried chicken. 
But um, it's my baby. I created the sauce for that, and the sauce is extremely intricate. It has, like, 13 ingredients. Um, so I'm very proud of that dish, and it is a, a very popular one. It's not a traditional Korean fried chicken, but it's our, taste, our take on it. And um, I would definitely say that's probably my number one. So you go and crush it at Finca, then you open your second restaurant a couple blocks down, Emilio's 1931. So tell me about that one. So Emilio's 1931, I like to say it's the the nice baby of Finca. It is a baby. It's, it is, it's a yeah, way smaller restaurant. Way smaller. It's only got 49 seats. Um, but it's got this vibe where it's very quaint and quiet. We just worked on the lighting now, so it's a lot, a lot dimmer, candlelit. We're doing music on Mondays. Uh, live music on Mondays, and the food is very similar, but the vibe is just completely different. It's more laid back, and it's more of a date night spot or somewhere you want to take your mom to dinner, your best friend to just ca- catch up. It's not really like bring 20 of your friends and let's <laughs> pop bottles kind of place. So. so for someone, if, if I mean, you would tell them, I guess, to go to Amelia's right now, if they had to pick, if they've never done either of them, which one do you tell them to go to? Um, if you want to... Ease in, <laughs> ease into my my world. I would say Amelia's and then Finca. Okay. But honestly, they're both so amazing. They're just so different that I can't compare. So they're different in this, in similar, in kind of different ways. And you, what's your favorite dish at Amelia's? Probably the malanga tots. Malanga tots. So it's amazing. A fried uh, malanga topped with vaca frita, fried garlic, ají amarillo mayo, some cilantro mayo, and some fresh cilantro. So um, it sounds very simple, but the way we do the malanga, the malanga tots are extremely creamy on the inside and very crispy on the outside, which is not your traditional mm-hmm. mal- malanguita frita <laughs> that you have at a Cuban restaurant. So I love the process that we do for it, and I love the, the combination of flavors on that dish. Now, what made you create cuisine like with these flavors, like the Latin and the Asian? Like what, what made you bring these together? Well, the Latin is in my blood. I'm Cuban. Mm-hmm. My mentor is Peruvian. And honestly, I love Asian food. When we go out to eat, um, mainly the restaurants are, are Asian. I love KYU. What's your, what's your favorite Asian here in Miami? Are we talking authentic or fusion? Because that's Okay, one different. of each. How about that? Okay, so fusion, KYU. Okay. Authentic, Lung Yai. Okay. 100%. So, yeah, I'd say my top <laughs> five, maybe all four are Asian. And Awful. I'm going to Palmar tonight. I haven't been, but I haven't been either. Albert from Zuma, the ex chef of Zuma, mm-hmm. he's the chef there now, so I'm excited to try that. So you have two restaurants now. You had the food truck. You retired it. I know you're ready. You're planning your third, fourth restaurant. What's next? What's What's the next one? Oh, give me three years, man. Let three me years? relax. Yeah, no, I I don't want. You wanna... want three years? Yeah, you sure. I think every three years is like a healthy. <laughs> you know, I opened Amelia's three years after Finca. Give me another three years and we'll definitely do something. We were going to do a a bar that kind of fell through with, um, we were going to do it behind Finca. Okay. But Publix, I hate you Publix, <laughs> but I love you too. Um, they're not letting us build. We were going to do a second floor okay. and they're not letting us build up. So that's not in the works, but we have the name and we have the concept and everything so just ready needs to a, go. It just so. needs a home. Exactly. So if something pops up <laughs> within the next like before the three years, I might be okay with it. Would you consider putting a new restaurant or like maybe something you're not sure it'll work or not, but in like a food hall because rent's a lot cheaper. You know, you want to try the cuisine, see if it works, and then maybe take it bigger. Would you consider putting in a food hall? Yeah, I think if I'm trying out a concept, that would be a great idea. I just, um, I wouldn't, I, I'm scared that it's going to be like the food trucks. 
You know, I had that happen where it was like, oh, wow, great, amazing six months. And then it was like oversaturated. And then we realized, okay, you know, this is irrelevant. So I kind of have that fear that if I do do a food haul, it would have to be very short period of time. It wouldn't be for, for the long haul. For the no long. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> now, the, the question that a lot of people are wondering, what's the next suburb you're going to change and bring an amazing restaurant? Because, you know, there's a lot of suburbs in Miami that have crappy restaurants. Well, like chain I said. Chain restaurants. Not, when are you going to bring, like, not a chain restaurant? I said Miami Lakes is on the come up. <laughs> no, it's Miami not. Miami Lakes no, it's is on not. the come up. Why are you lying? No, it's hey, not. They're, well, they're looking for people to, they're, 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 they asked me to come over here. And I, I'm considering it, but not right now. I would definitely, I would not be opposed to coming to Miami Lakes at all. Okay. I think it needs it, right? Uh, Ask me the last time I ate in my own town. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you have a day off, you love Asian restaurants, but what are some other restaurants you love to eat at? <laughs> um, no, uh, I love Alter. Obviously, Brad is a really good friend of mine. He's doing amazing things. When I want to impress somebody, definitely Alter. Mm-hmm. If I want to take someone to somewhere they've probably never been, like I mentioned, Lung Yai, it's like a little hole in the wall. Got a lot of rules. Got a lot of rules. Got to order everything. Too up. many rules. Yeah. Le Petit Maison, I love that place. Um, that's in Brickle. That is also more of like a fine dining thing, but it's literally simple French cuisine done perfectly. And their escargots are amazing. Their warm prawns are fantastic. Their bar program is actually really good. So if you want to have like really good French food and a really good old-fashioned, that's where to Le go. Petit Maison. So like I said earlier, your parents have been crushing the croqueta game for 30 years. Why do you think no one's even come close? What's the secret? Are you going to give me the recipe or no, what? There's no secret. <laughs> That's what I always tell everybody. There's really no secret. It's just fresh ingredients. Every, we get a delivery every day. So why do you think others don't bring the fresh ingredients? If because they, they want to sell eight croquetas <laughs> for like really cheap and they want to do volume and we're more about quality. So, I mean, we do do volume, but our profit margin is probably nowhere near any other croquetas profit margin. It's very slim because of all the fresh ingredients we use and the fact that we're making croquetas every day and the machinery that we have and things like that, but still keeping the croqueta looking like it's your grandma <laughs> made it. You know what I and mean? And who came up with the, the original recipe? The original recipe is my mom's recipe. Um, she's been tweaking it over the years. So what you had in 1977 is, is not, what not now. what you have now. Yeah. I think it's better for okay. sure. Um, you know, practice makes perfect, and I think we've come to the perfect croqueta right now. And my brother's the one kind of, well, my brother is the master of croquetas. <laughs> he is. He, he's he, the person to call. He's the person. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Um, there's a lot of people after him. But he he's perfected the croqueta with my mom, and he's the one running the factory, and he's there every day just checking, you know, quality, croqueta quality control. That, that's, a, that's a great job to CPC. have. I mean, that's a great job to have. Now, do you have a favorite food memory kind of growing up because you've been around the kitchens for so long? What Do you have one? Uh, for sure, my favorite food memory would be my grandmother, Amelia, uh, making fricasse de pollo. That was my favorite dish growing up. Uh, that was what I would beg her to make me. She's the one who raised me, but once I, you know, my parents were able to be more with, you know, my brothers and I because they were able to step away from the restaurant. That was, like, my favorite thing. I would beg her, please make me fricasse de pollo, and I would go into the kitchen and make it with her. So I would definitely <laughs> say that's it. Now, do you have a cuisine that not not what Finca has, not what Amelia has, that you would love to try? Um still sticking within the asian realm i would say thai i don't know i don't know a lot about thai food 
I love to eat it, but I've never <laughs> really like cooked it besides like Tom Kagai and like simple things like that. But um, I would love definitely love to go to Thailand and maybe like take some cooking classes over there and really like dive into that cuisine for sure. Okay, well, leads perfect to my next question. Let's say hypothetically you're leaving the restaurant tonight. You find a lottery ticket on the floor, ten million dollars. What do you do next? <laughs> Wow, that's like a really tough question. It is a tough question. Ten million dollars. Yeah. No, <laughs> definitely not buy another restaurant. Um, I don't know. You know, I I love working, so I, some people would probably say I'll sell the restaurants and like go Just out. Out. Just out. But I love working. I can't imagine not being at the restaurant every day. I'd probably just take maybe two months off and literally travel the world. Uh, we I've been talking about going to Greece, and I'd uh, love to go back to Korea. And just kind of make two months, like, <laughs> honestly, like if it was the last two months of my life, and blow the $10 million and then just go back to work like a regular person. Now, you've been on TV shows before. You did Chop and some other ones. Now, would you ever consider doing, like, a Top Chef? They called me, and I said, I'm not ready. So Not ready. Yeah, I'm not ready for that. I'm self-taught, so it's a little different when, know. you know, you have all these guys that have been working under, like, the best chefs in the world, and they've, you know, they're brains are like so freaking elaborate when it comes to technique and sous vide and this and that you know i'm again i'm self-taught i was taught by like a 50 year old <laughs> uh, peruvian chef and my grandparents you know so everything i know is literally what my employees teach me or things that i've learned along the way so until i feel 100 percent ready for that then i'm gonna have to because you're not gonna blow it and get cut off in the first episode right see like chopped i did it because i was like whatever it's not that bad you know i just don't want to get chopped first it's all good and i didn't get chopped first thank god so i was happy i got chopped second because my memory is the worst and i forgot an ingredient but yeah i think once i'm ready i'll definitely do that I like a little competition now where do you see yourself in the restaurants in the next maybe like five to ten years my dream i think is to have four restaurants Four. So I think in the next 10 years, hopefully I'll have my four. I'll be 40. Oh, my God. Would you, do you, any plan, would you want to have a restaurant like in New York or Chicago? or? Definitely. We are looking into possibly making Amelia's, I don't want to say a franchise or a chain, <laughs> but I just want to put it in all my favorite cities so that I have an excuse to, to go travel. to my favorite cities. I like it. Smart. So I'm thinking Portland, LA, and New York. Okay, and no then, Chicago? I love Chicago, but it's almost, like, not grimy enough for me. <laughs> not grimy. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's a clean New York. I love New York because it's got that grime. I love L.A. L.A. is not that grimy, but LA it's is got not that grimy. the weather that Miami has. So if I'm ever missing Miami, I got L.A. And then Portland's super grimy. Like, Portland is, like, super underground. <laughs> I love it. Well, Eileen, thank you so much for coming on the show. Tell people how they can follow you in your restaurants. Follow me at Finca Table on Tap on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, and Amelia's1931 on Instagram. And you can follow me, Eileen Andrade, Instagram, Facebook. Check us out. We love you. Big thanks to Eileen Andrade for coming on the show. Chef Eileen, however you want, just Eileen from Finca Table on Tap and Amelia's1931. If you have not been to West Kendall to try these two restaurants, you're missing out on some really amazing food and cocktails as well. So make sure you check out Finca Table and Tap and Emilio's 1931 down in the West Kendall area. And if you see Eileen there, short, blonde hair, say what up. 
How about we jump in and do some food news? Now, Krispy Kreme Donuts has released a brand new donut. First of its kind. Um, this time, it's filled with Nutella. So, they really, the inside is completely filled with Nutella all around it. But, got some bad news, people. The special donut is only available in the Dominican Republic for now. No word if they're going to bring it to the U.S., but in the meantime, you can see this amazing donut for yourself on Facebook right now. I just posted the photo, facebook.com slash the foodie. So, you know, Mother's Day right around the corner. We all like to make our moms feel special, right? And you want to treat her like a queen. Well, now you can at McDonald's. That's right. The McDonald's in Newcastle, right outside of England, has created a special menu just for Mother's Day. Check this out. It's a three-course meal at McDonald's. That's going to include pretty much everything you love about McDonald's. For the first course, you'll have a choice of mozzarella dippers, four nuggets, or carrot sticks with some Philadelphia cream dip. Your main dish will be a choice between their signature collection burger, a Big Mac, chicken legend, fish filet, or a veggie burger. And for dessert, you can pick a McFlurry, a fruit bag, a muffin, or an apple pie. Now, this three-course menu at McDonald's for one day only on Mother's Day it's going to cost you about 10 pounds, which translate into roughly 14 U.S. dollars. So peaches, they're not really uh, in season till May, but peach-flavored foods seem to be making an appearance. Now, starting this month, limited edition peach Cheerios will be rolling out to your favorite grocery store. Now, the cereal is just like normal Cheerios, but made with peach puree concentrate to make it fruity. And it says that they don't have the artificial taste of peach candy, and it isn't as sweet either. So make sure you try these and pick these up at your local grocery store when they're available really soon, the Peach Cheerios. And, you know, Taco Bell is always coming up with new products. You know, they launched nacho fries, and this next one I'm about to tell you about is no different. Now, Taco Bell has launched a Skittles Strawberry Freeze. So it's like a slushy, a frozen Skittles slushy, and Taco Bell calls this particular drink your favorite Skittles flavor now in a drinkable form. So try it for yourself. You can try it for $2.29 or $2.59 if you opt to go for the large. Now, Coca-Cola is getting into the alcoholic drink business, but only in Japan for now. Now, the reason for this, in Japan, people are drinking more and more Chuhai, which is a carbonated flavored drink made with a Japanese spirit called Shoshu. Now, Shoshu is made from sweet potato, barley, rice, and other ingredients, and it's distilled unlike sake. Now, Coca-Cola will try its hand to grab a piece of the market in Coke's first-ever boozy experience, and we hope that it goes just so well and we can have some of this alcoholic Coke in the States, maybe in the near future. And that's all the food news for this week and Food TV. We've been talking about Food TV last week. We talked about Ugly Delicious and Top Chef, the finale Top Chef Season 15 went down last Thursday night. If you haven't watched it yet, then spoiler alert. And Joe Flom, the executive chef of Spiaggia in Chicago, was crowned the winner of Top Chef Colorado. Now, Joe and Adrian, which was the other finalists, cooked the meal of a lifetime in the finale. Now, Joe served a menu of Italian fare that included handmade tortellini, steak with asparagus, and a brown sugar cake with ricotta. And Adrian put the southern menu that had uni paired with ham hocks, black grits with octopus, beef over mashed black-eyed peas, and a deconstructed banana pudding. And at the end, Joe came out on top and became the top chef of season 15. A big congrats to Joe and Adrian for making that far and Joe for winning. 
And now let's jump into the food porn of the week. This week coming to us from MM Take Miami. If you don't follow MM Take Miami, maybe you should at MM Take Miami, also known as Mitch and Mel Take Miami. And they posted a vaca frita sandwich from Cuban guys. And vaca frita, for those of you that don't know, is basically a shredded steak, which is pan seared. Um, so the sandwich has some of that pan seared, shredded flank steak, crispy string fries, and grilled onions. It's it's amazing this picture is straight food porn stacks on stacks on stacks all the feels it is so damn good you can see it for yourself on instagram right now at the foodie t-h-e-f-o-o-d-e and of course if you have food porn that you think we should highlight make sure you tag me at the foodie and of course give my friends over at mm take miami a follow and now the cocktail of the week brought to you by our friends over at spirit in miami and this week a vida de festa you can find this cocktail at racket in winwood miami area New bar doing amazing, amazing cocktails. And for this cocktail, they use a cachaça blanco uh, infused with pineapple, some bitters, passion fruit honey, and lemon. It looks refreshing, so damn tasty. And again, again, the drink is called Avida de Fista, and you can find it at Racket in Wynwood in the Miami area. See the photo for yourself and get all the ingredients at thefoodie.com. And, of course, on Instagram right now, at thefoodie, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E. And a big thanks to Spirited Miami for providing the cocktail of the week. And that's going to wrap up episode number 22. Thank you guys again for listening. Thank you to Eileen for coming on the show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And make sure to check out Eileen at both her amazing restaurants, Finca Table and Tap, and of course, Amelia's 1931. You can subscribe, download, and listen to WTF Words Food on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and now Spotify. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review there. You can follow me right now, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the foodie, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E. Tons of food porn. You can check out the food porn of the week. Plus, get a clip and see the interview with Eileen. Plus, you can also see the cocktail of the week on Instagram there. And, of course, the episode recap, thefoodie.com, is up there. Links, photos, everything we talked about in this episode is there for your click and pleasure. And, of course, now you can listen to full episodes of WTF Words Food on thefoodie.com. T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E.com. Thanks again for listening to episode number 22 of WTF Words Food. My name is Nick, and of course, always remember to hashtag never stop eating.